Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, June 13th, 2021. Coming at you live from RJ Daniels in Rockville Center. Rocking the bar here one more time for round three. The New York Islanders versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Gonna have a great time here. We're gonna get you ready here at Hockey Night in New York for game one versus the Lightning. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me as always is Mr. Christian Arnold. And of course, Mr. Brian Compton from NHL.com will be joining us. So big show coming up. Christian, how are you? Well, game one of the Stanley Cup semifinals, or whatever you want to call it, is upon us. So it can't be too bad. It's a Sunday. It's beautiful out. We're here at a great bar. Yes, we are. We're going to have a good time. And Christian, let's get into it. But real quick before we do, want to remind everybody that we are happy to be sponsored by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and great service. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. We're also happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And of course, we are sponsored by Manscaped, the, the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped <laughs> offers precision-engineered tools for everywhere you want to get rid of hair. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with promo code HockeyNightNY at Manscaped.com. And before we dive into everything, I want to let everybody know that we got another 50-50 raffle going today. And uh, that's going to be going towards Hockey Fights Cancer, the proceeds. So that's going to be great stuff. We also have a lot of great prizes. We have a great grand prize back here, courtesy of Oceanside Home Appliance. Nice little LG 50-inch 4K TV. You got a shot to win that. If you get involved with the raffles, we have Hockey Night New York t-shirts available as well. We'll be giving those away. Hockey Night New York hats and RJ Daniels gift cards, I believe. So we got plenty of stuff going on here with the raffles getting involved. We'll be coming around with tickets later on. But with all of those pleasantries out of the way, Christian, it's time to start talking Islander hockey. So here we are. We got a little revenge match here against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They gave them a good series last year in the bubble. They went six games. They were a breakaway away from forcing the seventh. Christian, what do you say? Well, what I say is, well, first of all, Sean, I didn't get you a birthday gift last week, so I got you this cup of water as your birthday present for this week. Th thanks. Thanks, Christian. Go. Really, really appreciate that. Start that right off the bat. Uh, this will so be much. a fantastic series. I mean, th <laughs> these are two teams that match up very, very well. It should be very exciting. Um, obviously, one thing I wrote this morning was about goaltending going to be a big difference here between the two teams. And I think it'll be the, the kind of difference maker when it comes to the Islanders and Tampa Bay. Because when you look at these two teams, you look at the power plays, you look at the penalty kills, you look at the scoring that these two teams have. While Tampa Bay has a lot of firepower, the Islanders are also the team that scored the most goals in the postseason so far. 
far, which is a very interesting right, turn how of about events. That? Right. And then you look at special teams, the Islanders, for the most part, their power play struggled in the first round, picked up in the second round, penalty kill kind of struggled in the second round a little bit, but still pretty good when it needed to be. So goaltending is really where the series is going to come down to, I think, in my mind anyway, because you have the Vesna finalist in, in, in Vasilevsky, and then you have Ilya Sorogin, who was phenomenal in the first round. Actually, his save percentage, although he's played, I think, four or five less games than than Vasilevsky, but he, they have the same uh, save percentage, uh, .934 in the playoffs. So an interesting little tidbit, and obviously Varlamov, who, who Barry Trotz really heavily kind of lobbied for to be a Vesna finalist as well, has had a phenomenal playoffs against the Boston Bruins. Yeah, and speaking of the Boston Bruins, I mean, obviously we don't have to dive too far into it, but just want to do a quick little recap of the fact that, look, the Islanders, this is another series where they were, they were the underdog. They were expected to lose this series. They end up taking down the Boston Bruins in very eerily similar, similar right. fashion as they did yes. the Penguins. Six games, they end up closing it out at home. And what, what made the Islanders successful in that series against the Bruins? Well, I mean, I think it's the same thing that made them successful in the first round, and that was that they stuck to their game plan. There was, this is a team that uh, it has been kind of hammered home to death, but it's, it's the truth is the fact that they are a team that's comfortable in playing in the most uncomfortable situations. There's no panic in the New York Islanders, and that's something that really comes along with the fact that you have a lot of experience and you have a lot of um, leadership in that locker room. You talk about some of those guys that are there. Obviously, you know, you look at the Matt Barzals as the offensive firepower and some, you know, the Brock Nelsons and the, the, the um, Jordan Eberleys. But really where, where a lot of the leadership and a lot of the veteran kind of core is, is the Josh Baileys, the Matt Martins, the, you know, the Travis Ajax who are here now and Kyle Palmieri. Um, you know, these guys who have been through a lot, not only just in the playoffs, but with the Islanders specifically and Bailey and, and, and some of those other guys, they've been through, the, through wars with, the, with those guys in the locker room. No doubt about it. it. And, and here we are again, third round. I mean, very tough to do getting to the semifinals two years in a row. So you got to give a lot of credit to the Islanders and, and the franchise as a whole for doing that. Now, if we were to comp- now that we're here again, if we were to compare this year's team to last, do you feel that this team is stronger than last year's team or maybe comparable? What do you think? Um, I, I think it's probably comparable. I think the, the difference from last year and this year is going to be the fact that there's no Anders Lee and there's no um, well, there's no Anders Lee this year. And last year you had no Casey Zekas, which really made a huge impact for the Islanders because they, lose, right. they lost one of their biggest face-off centermen uh, and a guy that really could, you know, help them out in a lot of different areas. Pa- penalty kill, um, that fourth line was such a crucial part of the team last year. It's such a crucial part of the team this year. Now you have Casey Zekas back in. He's been tremendous in the face-off dot. It was a huge reason for the Islanders' success last series was that their ability to win face-offs in crucial times, and they were able to match some of those those really tough lines that the Boston Bruins have. And then look at you look at now, they don't have an Anders Lee up there up front to kind of be that net front presence in, a, in a, what's going to be a very physical series. So I think you kind of you kind of get one back and you lose one all at the same time there. So yeah. it's sort of a comparable comparable takeaway. Okay, that's a fair take. So now let's dive into the series at hand here. We got the big rematch with Tampa, but it's a whole different animal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no bubble. We got fans in the stands. Uh, there's no quick turnaround into game one. A lot of fans had a lot to say about the fact <laughs> that once they closed out their series heading into Tampa last year, they didn't really have a chance to rest. They had to fly from Toronto to Edmonton. Tampa right. was already there waiting right. for them. They took care of their series quickly, and uh, we all remember how that game went. They got bombed out, what, 8-2 to two in that first game. They yeah, pretty much bad. spotted Tampa. They spotted Tampa the first game, and when you think about that, the fact that they were able to come within a breakaway goal of a Game 7 is pretty impressive because, I mean, you know, they kind of had to start from Game 2. 
and and build their way back. Yeah. And they made it a they made it a series. It ended ended up going six. And look, there's gonna be fans in the stands. And I mean, pretty much league wide, hockey worldwide, the the New York Islander fans are getting accolades everywhere. It's getting coverage up in Canada. Just how passionate this fan base is, how wild they're going in in the Coliseum. And the Tampa Bay Lightning didn't have to deal with that last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know. At, at this point, I mean, these teams have all played in, in very, you know, chaotic environments. Carolina's no pushover either. I mean, that's a very good fan base down there as well. Sure. Um, so, and, and honestly, these are guys who have played against teams that have very, very good fan bases, and I don't necessarily know if that rattles anyone to the sure. point where it throws them off. But it, it certainly adds to the environment. I think everyone's excited to kind of get back to that normalcy. And, and the Islanders, too, you know, they, they kind of – they don't have to have that kind of that shell shock you would expect, I guess, so to speak, with, with seeing fans in the stands either. They just came from a very tough series where Boston was basically full the entire series, and that was a very, very loud, tough building to play in as well. So I think both ways it goes, you look at it, that's an element to it. Do I think it's a huge difference maker? Probably not, but it's it's a great story. It's it's really great that, that the accolades are being given to, to the fans who have made that building and made that, that team really special and, and their love for the, for the New York Islanders. So I think that should be kind of rewarded and, and talked about a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just going to be great that, you know, there's going to be that whole atmosphere in both oh, yeah. buildings. And it's going to be ruckus. I mean, it's going to be a very tough series. I'm very excited for it to get started today. I think it's going to be tough, tough, very fun to watch series. But I want to ask you, Christian, how can the Islanders be successful versus the Bulls? They talked about how they're the underdog going in. It's going to be a tough go. What do they have to do to come out on top this time? Well, I mean, I think it's the same thing that they've been doing this whole playoff series. It's not, it's not a new formula. It's not a different formula. It's just keeping consistent with what's been working, and that is playing four lines, you know, getting all four lines rolling, play there, playing their physical, hard-nosed style of hockey. And Tampa Bay is going to do the same thing, and it's kind of matching that intensity and matching that um, that veracity and making sure you're not playing from behind. Although the Islanders have shown they can play from behind, but I'm sure they'd rather play with the lead than play from behind for, for six, seven games in the series. Yeah, and speaking of that, I mean, it's kind of all the more impressive that they've been able to come out on top in, the, in these series. You know, um, just just the fact that they've, they've gone, you know, gone down in almost every game versus the Pens and the Bruins where they, st they spot that first goal. Uh, in, in very early, you know, you know, everybody talked about Varlamov giving up the early goals right. within three minutes of the game and whatnot. And the fact that this team, you know, has the resiliency to battle back and win. And for me, that's been the theme for this team in, in, in this playoff run is just how resilient that they are. That no matter what happens, whether they go down, whether, whether things don't go their way, you know, at one point or another in the game, they're calm, cool, collected. They're resilient. They find a way to fight back into into the games. Well, I mean, that's again, it goes back to what I was saying before about the team playing, being comfortable and comfortable in uncomfortable situations. They've basically bred that mentality from years and years of experience of being in the playoffs and the mindset that Barry Trotz sets and the mindset that the Islanders' leadership in the locker room sets. There is no quit in that team, and there is no um, shortage of confidence in that locker room for what the talent level that those guys have. And you see that by the fact that they're not getting caught up in kind of the moment of oh my god we're losing or oh my god we're down in the series it's right on to the next one whether it's the next play whether it's the next game um that's been the mentality that they've had all, all year long and all, all playoff long for sure and before we break for brian you know one thing that's been talked about a lot heading into this series is the special teams a lot of people focusing on the fact that the bolts 
power play has pretty much been lights out. I think they're playing at, what, a, like a 40%? 41.7%. There you go. Very specific. And the New York Islanders PK in the last series against the Bruins, or maybe overall in the playoffs, I believe, like a, they're at like a 61% clip, 60% it's been, clip. It's been pretty good. It's been all right, but it hasn't been as good as it was during the regular season. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, it's again, it's the playoffs. Everyone steps yeah. up, and, and it's a tough spot. And, and the Islanders do not want to put themselves in a position where they have to be on the kill against the Tampa Bay Lightning team that's, that's operating at a 41.7% success rate. Yeah, I think they're going to have to maintain that moniker of the New York Saints yeah. <laughs> in this series if they want to have a chance because if, if they start you know, starting to parade into the penalty box, it's going to be trouble because everybody knows the weapons that this team has, whether it's Kucherov, Point, a healthy Stamkos, which they didn't have last year. Well, I think the one interesting thing is whether or not John Cooper, and I know we have to break, but I'm curious to see if John Cooper employs the same kind of gamesmanship that that, that Bruce Cassidy tried to do in the second round and, and you know, Pittsburgh tried to do a little bit. There, the Pittsburgh media tried to accuse the Islanders of during the first round. Right, which was kind of oh they they kind of get away with the stuff even though they're they play a little more physically and I don't want to say dirty that I don't want to put words in their mouth but they certainly alluded to that during the first two rounds. I'm curious to see if John Cooper employs that or he just more wisely doesn't give anyone ammo. Well, if he point. does, I think that means the Islanders are doing something right. Right. That means they're doing well in the series and 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 Cooper would be looking for a way to kind of try to balance it. So. But with that, Christian, we're going to break for Brian Compton. I want to thank everybody for coming out to RJ Daniels for Game 1 here in Rockville Center. going to be a big day here. Thank you so much. And, of course, thanks to all our viewers over at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Brian Compton from NHL.com will join us. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in a another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800, that's 516-856-7800, or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com, that's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. The only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. 
Welcome back to Hockey Night New York. I am Christian Arnold. Along with me, as always, Sean Cuthbert. And, of course, this is the time of the show when we go to the phones on the line. Brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology. And on the line is our friend, Brian Compton from NHL.com. B-Comp, game one of the Stanley Cup semifinals. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm excellent. How are you guys? Doing very well. Doing awesome, pal. Glad you could join us. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Sorry I can't be there with you guys, but, you know, work back that is what it is. Just glad to have you on the phone, man. Yeah, just keep an eye on Christian Shoney. Don't let him go from, like, table to table drinking stuff, okay? <laughs> Trust me, I, I, I'm well trained in that. I got my eye on him. <laughs> All right, good. B-Comp, obviously this is a, a very big series for the Islanders. They're set back-to-back years. They go to the semifinals or whatever you want to call it here at this point. Against Tampa Bay, no less. And this is a tough Tampa Bay team. We were talking about it before the break and kind of sort of the X factors of what's going to be for this series. B-Comp, in your mind to start off with, kind of what's going to be the difference maker for the Islanders and Tampa Bay if, for the, either one of them to win the series? I think for the Islanders, they've got to stay out of the box. That, that's really the only way that they can advance in this series, guys, because uh, that Tampa power play is, is off the charts good. Uh, there's so many different weapons, so... Uh, if the owners can stay disciplined and play solidly five on five, I think they have as good a shot as anybody here. Now, Brian, I asked Christian this question before you came on. I'm going to shoot the same one over to you. Uh, is there any difference? I mean, obviously some personnel differences, but is there any difference in this squad compared to the one that went to the conference finals against the, the Lightning last time? Have you seen any improvements, anything different, maybe even uh, more struggles than they had last year? What, what do you see out of this team coming into to play in Tampa for the second time now? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I wish that we were allowed in the room so I could have a better gauge of just how confident they are, but I mm. think that's probably the biggest difference. Um, they're hungry. I think they're hungrier this time than they even were last time around. And, uh, you know, to be on more of an even playing field with, you know, the same amount of time off essentially and not, you know, having to fly across the country in Canada um, and, you know, having the opportunity to play some more home games at the Coliseum. Um, there's a lot of different variables from, it, from that aspect, but personnel-wise, it's you know, a lot of the same guys. This should be a lot of fun to watch, I think. Uh, Brian, obviously, this is a, a battle of goaltenders throughout the playoffs, but especially this series, it seems like goaltenders are really going to be where it comes down to as well. The battle of Vasilevsky versus Varlamov slash Sorokin, because we're assuming that Varlamov starts today, <laughs> and the, but there's no guarantees in the net for game two. So I'm curious your take on what do you think is going to be kind of the strategy for Barry Trotz and the Islanders trying to find the right goaltending matchup to go against the Vezda finalist in, in Vasilevsky? Yeah, I think it's the same as the last round, Christian, and the round before, to be honest. They've got to keep the puck out of the net in those first five to ten minutes. They can't be allowing early goals against a team like this. So, um, you know, and I think people tend to forget that Varley was awfully good during the regular season. He tied for the league lead shutout. So, right. I don't think this this gap is as wide as some others make it out to be. It's nothing against Vasilevsky, who's one of the best goalies in the league and has been for quite some time now. Um, but I don't think the gap is as wide as some are making it out to be here. Yeah, no question about it, Brian. And, you know, you talk about the Islanders having to stay out of the box. Now, you know, there was a lot of bones made about the fact that the Islanders' penalty kill was struggling a little bit against the Penguins and against the Bruins. I mean, do you think that's just kind of a law of averages thing? It's only a few games here. I mean, it's not like they lost any personnel. And, and you know, the, the PK is going to be able to step here, uh, step up here and play against the Bolts if they do end up uh, down a man, right? 
I mean, yeah, you would think the PK is awfully good. I think it's more the personnel that they've been going up against these first two rounds than anything else. I mean, right. you got Crosby and Malkin and Gensel and Rust and Chris Letang, and then you you know from the Bruins side you got Bergeron and Pasternak and Marchand and Charlie McAvoy. I mean, these are world class players. Um, and it's not going to be any different this time around. But uh, like I was saying earlier, this Tampa power play is awfully good. The Island, it would bode well for the Islanders to, if they're going to advance. They, they have to do a really good job of staying out of the box. Without question. And one thing that the Islanders have been getting a lot of credit for is their depth. And maybe that's an advantage that they had against the Penguins and against the Bruins. And now coming up against this Lightning team, you look up and down that lineup on the forwards and on the D, this is a team that might be able to match that depth that the Islanders have, and it's just going to make that much of a, a tougher hill to climb here. So, I mean, when you talk about the lines, you know, two through four, even though, you know, two and three have kind of been leading the charge here, it looks like they're going to have to maintain or even uh, raise their level when they come up against this Tampa team that can also roll four lines like the Islanders. They can. It's a, I think it's a lot of the same from, from the Bruins series, Sean, in terms of, um, the Bruins are, were more top-heavy, but the Islanders were deeper. The, their third and fourth lines were better than Boston's. Um, and I think that's going to be the same case here. Um, and I think the fact that Brock Nelson has really elevated his game. Um, it, you know, if, if Matt Barzell continues to produce a little bit here, I think we know what we're going to get from Brock Nelson. Um, and then Pajot, I mean, this is his bread and butter playing in the playoffs. And even Casey Zedekas is starting to contribute offensively, yeah. too, which is a good sign. This is On the Line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. On the line with us is, of course, Brian Compton from NHL.com. And, Brian, that seems like a natural segue to ask about the resurgence or the the kind of outburst from not only Kyle Palmieri but Travis Ajak, who both have had a tremendous playoffs, not only in the first round, not only in the second round, I should say, but in the first round as well. When you look at those two guys and you look back at kind of the conversations that we were having at the after the trade deadline during the regular season about the concern over their production and whether it was the right move or not um you know what do you do you, you kind of laugh at this point and, and kind of have to chuckle because you realize that Lou Lamorell saw what was what was there and the potential <laughs> for this team to do with those guys in the lineup yeah I mean look these were two guys that Lou was obviously awfully familiar with and uh, it's no secret that Kyle struggled when he first got here and what do you have two goals in 17 regular season games and obviously there's going to be concern going into the playoffs but um, Palmieri is historically a streaky scorer and once he gets one in the playoffs you know it's kind of just coming bunches for him um, and kudos to Travis Zajac who wasn't even playing uh, Wallstrom goes down and Zajac hasn't missed a beat um, and I think that with both guys, Christian, it's more about, and Lou brought this up the other day, just mm -hmm. the character of both. I mean, that the Islanders are here because of chemistry and character more than anything else. As talented as some of these guys are, um, we know how cohesive a unit this is, and those two guys have fit in remarkably well. And I, I feel like that leads to the next question as well about Oliver Wallstrom and, and sort of the interesting comments that, that Barry made the other day about how if, if he was 100% healthy and ready to go, it, it still wouldn't be clear if he would be back in the lineup or not. And, and the way Zajac is playing, do you see Wallstrom being able to get back in the lineup once he's 100%? Or do you think at this point he is 100% and he's just not being able to get back in the lineup at this point? Yeah, that's a good question. Like he's probably, if he's not there yet, he's, he's awfully close, as Barry's been telling us. But, um, well, I mean, he's like been close saying, for like a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, look, if they if they stay out of the box, it's obviously going to be a lot of five-on-five five play. And, uh, that's the Islanders' bread and butter. And they played them awfully well for a large chunk 
of the, of the conference final last year at five on five, if you guys remember. So yeah. um, I think when it comes to that, Zajac is probably the better fit. I think that, you know, Wallstrom is certainly a weapon. Um, but if it's going to come down to, you know, two, one, three, two, five on five kind of games, I think Zajac is the better fit here. Uh, I absolutely agree with you there, Brian. And I want to pivot to something that uh, may not have an effect on this series as a whole here, but we saw Anders Lee got on the ice not too long ago, and Barry Trotz very definitively said that we will not see him in these playoffs if we take him at his word, and I do. That's probably going to be the case. But do you think that gives these guys a boost at all to see their captain come out onto the ice? I mean, is that, does that play into the morale, just seeing their leader out on the ice and, you know, trying to get himself back into shape here? Yeah, I, I asked Barry about that last last round, Sean, and how could it not, right? I mean, to see, I, they know, at least they're telling us that they know that Andrews isn't going to be back at all in these playoffs. And I, like you said, I tend to believe Barry as well. But <laughs> right. um, you know that this is killing him, that yeah. he can't be out there with these guys. Um, but, to, you know, to be out there with, for practice and staying after to, you know, hone his craft here a little bit, getting ready for next season, if that's the case, uh, I was my cousin was yelling at me last night, and if they somehow make the final, there's no way he's going to not be in the lineup. But I, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it's a serious injury. We know that. I I, I don't see it. Uh, but at the same time, I know the kind of person that Andrews is, and I know much how much it's killing him that he can't be out there with these guys. But you know, the further they go, uh, the the more itch he's going to get. So we'll see how it goes. Like but again, it. I I don't see it. Yeah. Beacom, I'm curious, you mentioned Anders Lee obviously not being in the lineup now for this series, but Casey Zekas will be, and certainly he seems like he's raring to go for the opportunity to play against Tampa Bay, especially after the incident he had last year, which prevented him from playing games three through, three through six. So I'm curious, how much of an impact do you think Casey's going to have on this series, especially with that sort of extra jump it seems he'll have in, in, in once the puck drops? Yeah, I mean, you guys know this. When one of those three guys on the fourth line is out, the entire team changes for whatever reason. Right. It's, it's almost inexplicable. Um, they, it, you know, it's the sum of the parts, right? They all have to be together. Um, Casey's obviously a big part of the PK, so if they do make trips to the box, they're going to need him. Um, but again, if it's five on five, this is not your average fourth line that plays seven to nine minutes a night. They're out there almost as much as anybody else. Um, they even start a lot of the times to try to set the tone. So they need Casey Zizekas to be healthy, um, and it's great to see him healthy contributing as well. Brian, uh, thanks thanks for the for the response there, but now's the, the part of the show <laughs> where we get to the random question. And we weren't going to oh, let boy. you leave without that. So you just happen to share the news that your daughter is celebrating her Sweet 16, and uh-huh. I just wanted to know how old that makes you feel. <laughs> about 112 yeah it's uh it's petrifying it really really is to, to know that in two years however she's going to be out of the house it's just uh you guys aren't dads yet but when you get there you'll see how fast it goes it's really crazy as i always say brian do not threaten me like that but b thank you as always for joining us here on hockey night in new york brian compton from nhl.com always good to have you on buddy and we'll see you for game uh three and four at the coliseum Absolutely. Behave today, boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Brian. Take care. All right, folks, that was the great Brian Compton from NHL.com giving us a great spot there. Talking Isles, talking lightning, and we are here. Talking life. Talking life. (laughs) That's right. And we're here at the great R.J. Daniels in Rockville Center. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing out there? All right, we're
We're still warming up, I see. We're still warming up. We'll check in with you later. All right, not bad. <laughs> not bad. We'll hitch up a little later, see how you're feeling. Get some drinks in you. Get some food. Let's see how it's going later, all right? So, Christian, yeah. we're still here. Let's keep it going here. Uh, great stuff from Brian. And look, I'm getting pumped up. I mean, we're almost half hour away from puck drop, and I think this is going to be a very exciting, very grinded out series. I think I don't think we're going to see any more blowouts. We talked about it before. I think all these games are going to be tight. Well, I feel like we said that the first two rounds, and then there's like three games where there's six, two, four, one, and, and hey, know, look, three, four, or three, one. Or as long like as that. they're in the Islanders' favor, I'll take it. I'm fine with it. I'm just saying. We keep saying that every <laughs> round, and every round we're wrong. And how about the Islanders just downright long history of, of never being to seemingly able to hit an empty net? And they're just doing it in droves now here in the playoffs. Well, game six especially, the two in the last yeah. game from about a country mile out. I think... Uh, Even getting assist off the boards. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Pulak <laughs> put one out from, from Hempstead Turnpike down by Borelli. So he did. I don't know. He did. Yeah, unbelievable. So... Let's pick it up here, and look, uh, Brian mentioned Brock Nelson and the second line and just how well they've been doing. I mean, the middle six has really been carrying this team through the playoffs so far, and it seems like line two and line three have kind of been trading off, whether it's one night it's Brock Nelson, Pavilion, Bailey, or another well, night. Well, if I can put my Barry Trotz hat on for a second, there are no line one, two, and three. There are just oh, certain oh, lines. Oh, forgive me. I'm sorry. Well, he will, he will correct you if you say that. Well, he's not here. He's not here. So that's fine. <laughs> we, can, we can still talk one through four. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody else does. I need you to give me names. All right, fine. So Pajot, <laughs> Sajak, and Paul Mary pretty much been trading places with line two with Brock Nelson's line to carry this team. And you're still getting contributions, as been mentioned tonight, uh, today, yeah. uh, with the fourth line. It's Casey Zizekas, Cal yeah. Clutterbuck, Ma Ma Matt Martin doing their job. And, and I got to say, particularly in game six against Boston, it just seemed like... They wanted no more part of it. They were they were banging bodies left and right. It se almost seemed like the Bruins were shook in that game six. You had some defense when they were flubbing the puck. They were causing turnovers. And it just seems like maybe they kind of, you know, tired these guys out a little bit over the course of this series just through all the physical play. You don't seem to agree, but that's well, what I no, saw. I don't, I, well, the way you phrased it, I agree with they warmed down and they kind of gave them uh, they, they They certainly gave them a... <laughs> I'm sorry, the lights are getting turned up and I'm getting blinded over here. Oh, sorry. Um, talk about getting blinded by the light. Uh, but you look at what, what they were uh, they were doing, they certainly wore them down. I don't think they, that the Boston Bruins were shook by any stretch of the imagination. I think that's that's a little bit of a stretch there. But nope. certainly I think that they were worn <laughs> down by the Islanders and the physicality of that game and the physicality of that series. And by the end of it, yeah. you saw there were a couple guys that you know were playing through injuries and battling through injuries. No, no question about it. Tuka Rask by the end of that series was banged up for sure and, and it's kind of ironic and, and wild in my imagination to look at Boston Bruins fans and kind of throw everything on Tuka Rask in, the, in that series when the, the guy was battling through a lot and to kind of pin the blame on the team losing like that on him uh, I mean it's just flabbergasting to me to be honest flabbergasting yeah. Really? But, I mean, the Islanders wore Not that befuddled, though. Wore the Boston Bruins down. They wore the Boston Bruins yeah, down. Yeah, I think... Every, every feasible way they could. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, and, and I think that they kind of just took it to them in that game six, and, and they got a well-deserved, well-earned win. Yeah. And they're going to have oh, to keep 100%. playing like that if, if they want to have a chance against the Bolts here. But look, we gave the, the, the landscape here of what's going on with the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and now it's time to talk about Manscaped. The Manscaped Below the Men's Grooming Champions of the World only just released their brand new lawnmower 4.0 for all your manscaping needs, but they also 
have the weed whacker, nose, and hair trimmer. Now, Christian, as you and anyone who caught last week's show knows, I just turned a, a, a mildly old 39. Mildly old 39. And I got to be honest, that, that nose and hair stuff uh, has become an issue in my, in my ripe soon-to-be middle age. Yep. But the Manscaped Weed Whacker takes care of all that. It has the same skin-safe technology the Lawnmower 4.0 has. It's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. And it's cordless with a rechargeable battery, so you're not tethered to any outlets while you clear out the nonsense in your, uh, in your nose and ears. And with that, Christian, you can get 20% off plus free shipping on all items and bundles with promo code HockeyNightNY at Manscaped.com. What do you say about that? Sounds great, Sean. How do I get one? If you go to Manscaped.com. I wasn't listening to you. Oh, great. If you go to Manscaped.com, once again, you can get 20% off plus free shipping on all items and bundles with promo code HockeyNightNY. Just got to go to the website, and you can get 20% off anything. They did send us one. I I meant to have it up here with me when we did this. Well, once again, you dropped the ball. I left it in my bag. You dropped the ball. Actually, my bag is right here. Well, I mean, if you want to pull it out and show the people, you can. But uh, it does a great job. I already gave it a shot. And uh, no nicks, nothing. Everything was fine. Everything was good. There you go. Hey, look at that. The weed whacker. Thanks, Manscaped. All right, so with that out of the way, <laughs> let's keep moving on. So, Christian, I, I guess we can, we can start talking about maybe some X factors here. And I know you brought it up a little bit with Brian. You got his. But what's going to be the difference for you in this series, particularly for the Islanders? What's your X factor? Well, I mean, I think I said at the top of the show as well, which was goaltending. You know, I think that's going to be the biggest thing when you have the goaltending that you, that you need out of, out of Arlamov and, and Ilya Sorokin. The Islanders are, are unstoppable. They've stolen games. and every which way you could imagine and certainly that's a huge credit to what Sorokin and Varlamov have done in net and now the flip side of that is when they're not playing at their best you notice those are the games that the Islanders don't obviously they don't win <laughs> um, and it's the ones they end up losing 2-1 you know 3-2 by one goal and, and sort of feeling like really an opportunity slipped away so goaltending is going to be the biggest thing because you have uh, I, like we've talked about all show a Vesna finalist and in, in Andre Vasilevsky and he's going to be at his best out there. And, the, and Varlamov and Sorokin, whoever's in net, they have to match that intensity and they have to match that performance because as you've seen in the first round and the second round, it's the goaltender that blinks first that ends up losing. Yeah, that's true for sure. Now, is there anybody out on the ice in front of the goaltender that might have to well, elevate? Well, there's five guys in front of the goaltender on the ice. Well, if you let me complete my question, you would, you would see where I was going. And is there anybody out on the ice or okay. maybe on the bench? Yeah, or one of those guys. That you know you see that might have to step their game up to, to contribute into into this series to uh, to try to you know get them on to get the odds on top. Well, I mean, I think you need to have the Islanders going with all four lines. I think it's become quite clear where, where the most important aspect of that is, of course, has been that Pajot line. I mean, they've matched up well against you know Boston's top line, the perfection line, and they've really managed to stifle a lot of their opportunities. And that, of course, starts in the faceoff circle where the Islanders have been really successful during the postseason and so I think that line those three players especially not only because of their ability to win face-off draws and, and match up well against the team other teams top lines but also because that's the one that's scoring the most you look at who the Islanders goal scoring leader is on this team and it's Kyle Palmieri where does he right. play on the wing with Travis Ajak and, and uh, JG Pajot I mean and those three men are really making Lou Lamarillo look like a damn genius the Lamarillo line the Lamarillo line or the trade deadline not bad. Right. I feel like I think I saw that floating around. Yeah, yeah I can't take credit out. for that. Someone else put that out there. Yeah, it wasn't. Me. Might have been Greg Wyshynski, actually. It could have been. It could have been. But I mean, it's so funny too because you look at all three of those guys, and when they were all first acquired, whether it was Pajot last year mm-hmm. or Palmieri and Zajac this year, all three of them got off to slow starts. Right. And people started questioning 
whether those are the right deals to be made. Well, Pajot kind of had the, the, for lack of a better term, I guess you could say, the benefit of the, the pandemic, right? He only had to play a couple games with the Islanders before everything stopped, and then he got, training, he got a training camp in, basically, and then they went to the bubble, and he became, he became uh, you know, a folk hero. Palmieri and Zajac didn't have that opportunity. If, if things were reversed and we didn't have what happened the last year and a half, I mean, I think we would have been having the same conversation, or, or people people would have been having the same conversation, because I think that's where you kind of point to. When, when you heard a lot of that chatter, you go, well, we would have been having the same talk about Pajot, but because of the pandemic and because of the pause and because of the training camp, he was able to get acclimated and adjusted much, much quicker than Palmieri and Zajac. And that's not because they aren't skilled guys or that they didn't fit into the system, but it took some time. And the Islanders were basically playing a game every other day. There was no practice time. There was right. no room for getting any any time to work the system or anything like that and i think that the people that that's what the people who would say oh lou whiffed on this trade or right. you know they did they you know people were still calling for taylor hall who was not coming here at all i think i think we can see that with hindsight right but i think that's what the people didn't understand who kind of questioned or didn't really understand where where this was going because those are guys that were brought in to perform in the postseason and that's what they're doing i mean literally Performing in the postseason, yeah. fantastically. I mean, yeah. you can't say enough about it. And I had tweeted a, I had tweeted it during Game Six. Even without that goal that Travis Zajac scored to open that game, I thought he was just having a fantastic game. He didn't lose. It's, it seemed like he didn't lose any board battles. He was just. I mean, he just looked like a seasoned veteran, the guy, a guy who's been there. He's played a ton of playoff games, right. and he just knows how to play that game. And and he was a huge part of the success, not only for that line, but for the team as a whole. And he just had a great series. So, you know, as much as you know, somebody such as myself would like to see Wallstrom in the lineup, since Zajac came in, I mean, you can't pull him out because yeah. he's, he's been playing 100%. so well with these guys. You know, hundred percent. No, there's no doubt about it. It's a tough sell, and it's an unfortunate. It's an unfortunate turn of events for Wallstrom because he right. too was playing so well at the t- at the point where he got hurt there in, in Game Five of the Pittsburgh series. So it, it, it's a fresh. I'm sure he's frustrated about it, but certainly some of that frustration wear, wears off. I, I have to imagine when you see your team making it to the semifinals and now on the cost four wins away from from a cup final appearance yeah no doubt about it but look it's they're all part of the same team they're all they all support each other they're all pulling at the yeah. same rope when you get when you get the call you go and you do your best and you know what when you don't you support the guys who are in there that's the way it works well that's the thing too and, and you got to give travis ajak the credit for for being willing to come here and accept the role that he was given essentially. yeah and that was that was one where he was watching a lot of the games from from off the ice and not on yeah it. so i would bet that he was expecting to get in a few more games when he first came over. I'm sure he did. Yeah. I'm sure he did. But he certainly he's handled it like a pro, and, and he's now being rewarded for it, basically. For sure. Absolutely. So, Christian, what do you say we go to the Hero of the Week? All right. Sounds good. All right, folks. When you hear... Well, hold on one second. This song, that means it is time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the godfather in honor of Lou Lamarillo and his trade Deadline acquisitions that features Cappy Ham, Genoa salami, pepperoni, provolone, lettuce and tomato, oil and vinegar on a hero. Get it for half price all week starting today. That's Sunday through Sunday where we'll announce a brand new half off hero. Stop it and mention Hockey Night in New York for half off the Godfather. So with that said, Christian. What is Cappy Ham? I don't know, but it's an ingredient in the sandwich. Does anybody know what Cappy Ham is? Anybody out there? No. Nobody knows. Well, I'm sure it's delicious. I haven't had the Godfather yet, but I'm sure it's wonderful. So, Christian, 
it's time to choose our heroes of the week. So why don't you do the honors and go first? Well, I think this is a, a gentleman who needs no introduction and a new father for the third time as well. And wow. It's Brock Three Nelson. Three times. Yeah. Well, Brock Nelson and his wife apparently gave birth b- before game four. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which Barry Trotz kind of like casually just right. laid oh, on by the way at the, after yeah. the game. Yeah. And um, but certainly, certainly, he's performed very, very well in the playoffs, and he stepped up in a lot of big situations, especially in that game, that game six opportunity for the Islanders at the Nassau Coliseum to close it out there. He, he was he was the number one star for a reason. A pair of goals that game. You just felt his presence every time he was out on the ice, and and he's been a factor this entire not only that entire series but the series before it. Well, Christian, you made my job every very easy because it just so happens that my hero of the week is also. Brock Nelson, who I've been referring to him as Mr. Clutch, because not only in these playoffs, but also last year, the guy has just stepped up in the playoffs big time. And even during the regular season, he just always seems to find himself in a situation where he's scoring huge goals, and he's doing it again this year, and he's getting league-wide recognition for it. So hats off to Brock Nelson, your unanimous hero of the week. Yes, congratulations. (laughs) I don't know what you you looked at me like I was going to say something else. I don't know. Well, just remember, folks, he's brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, the Godfather. Go in, mention Hockey Night New York, and you will get it for half price. See Donnie Bagels. Ask what Cappy Ham is. Yeah, ask what Cappy Ham is. Yeah, we would like to know what Cappy Ham is because we're, we're honestly not sure. All right, so we'll bring it back to the main screen here. Where do you want to go from here, pal? What do you think? You're leading the charge, my friend. Oh, you're putting it all on me. Well, we did the X. Ex- well, you know what? I didn't give my X factor. And that's. And who is it? Well, it's actually not going to be an individual. It's going to be at least four guys. Hopefully, it won't be three too many times. <laughs> but that is the New York Islanders penalty kill. And, you know, it seems a bit obvious. Everybody's been talking about it, all the media leading into this series. But it's true. I think the penalty kill is going to be the difference for the New York Islanders in this series. Because, look, they're not going to have a clean sheet. Even though they are the New York Saints, they are going to take some penalties. They are going to have to kill some of those things. So when these guys get out there, when you see Scott Mayfield, when you see J.G. Pajot, when you see Cal Clutterbuck, whoever those guys are getting out there and trying to make the power play an issue for for the Tampa Bay Lightning, these are the guys that are going to be I'm going to be looking at to help lead the Islanders to victory in this series. No, I mean, I think that's a great choice of an X factor as well because you, you talked so much about how dangerous the Tampa Bay penalty, the power play, I should say, is. And right. that's certainly going to be a, a part of the, the conversation here. If the Islanders give them too many opportunities, they're going to capitalize. There's just no doubt about it. The law of averages says they're going to capitalize at some point, and the Islanders cannot give them those opportunities. Uh, certainly not a couple opportunities in a game, that's for sure, because they will they will make them pay. But the Islanders' penalty kill does need to step up as well. It needs to to kind of match that, that intensity. And we've seen them do that at certain points in games. And, and even that Boston, uh, was it game six, if I remember correctly? The one where, the, maybe, it was ga- maybe it was the game before I'm thinking of, but the one where they, they basically almost killed off a penalty, then they took another one just with about 14 seconds. That, that was game, game six. That was game six, yeah. 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 But, and you saw they paid the price for it. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the point. You can't have too many of those opportunities. You can't right. get a, a tremendous kill like they had in that first one and then put themselves in a position where they're having to do that again. Do you think Cassidy's gamesmanship worked? Do you think that really influenced think the so. referees? I really don't think so. I mean, I, I got into a, into a conversation with our with our Boston affiliates up at, for Boston Hockey Now yeah. about that. I, I, don't, I don't think it did. I, I, I mean, I, I said this to a lot of people. I think you look back, and I think we talked about it on the show as well, about the famous Mike Milbury story, dragging all the, the New York Island yes. beat writers into yes. the video room and them 
blah 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 blah. I, I still think that kind of adage applies. I don't think the the officials are sitting in their hotel rooms or they're getting off flights to go cover to cover this game, and they're looking at social media, they're looking at this or that, and seeing seeing it and, and calling the game because Bruce Cassidy said X, Y, and Z, or Barry Trotz, you know, said X, Y, and Z. I just don't think that's in the cards for how these officials are calling it. Do I think it certainly gets in the minds of the players, perhaps? And it, is it is it a great fodder for us in the media? It's, it, uh, absolutely. Of course, right. Um, right. You saw, and and the fans love it. The fans embrace the, this whole Saints thing, and yeah, um, you know they had a lot of fun with it. You saw, you saw a brass band outside the Nassau Coliseum <laughs> that was before awesome. the game, yeah. and um, you saw a lot of different things that really, you know, it was fun, and it was, it was a lot of fun to kind of see it play out. But it wasn't, it wasn't something that the officials went. Well, oh damn! Bruce Cassidy says we're not calling the game <laughs> right. fair, so now we, we got to do it. We better time. make some adjustments. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's more uh, more in the minds than than the actuality of the, of the situation. Yeah, but and it is fun to see them play these games, and you know, who knows if it gets into the to the officials' heads or not? But you'd I like to think, think that, yeah, you'd like to think that they're they're professionals, and it's not going to sway them one way or another. But it is entertaining at the very least. Oh, 100%. for us to see, you know, and we'll, and like you said earlier, we'll see if John Cooper and Barry Trotz gets involved in that at all for this series. Um, if they well, do, see, I don't think that's going to be the case. I just don't I see really. that John Cooper being that style of coach, and I don't see Barry yeah. Trotz is clearly not that style. I mean, I mean, people will say that the whole pa- the you know the Bergeron comment was meant to uh, to kind of do that to sway the officials, but you know, I don't I don't really buy into that either. But certainly, I don't think John Cooper and Barry Trotz are going to do it. Although we continue to have these li- very interesting little Long Island connections in each of these series, if you, right? If you look back at it now, John Cooper, head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, a Hofstra graduate, played lacrosse there. Just like You're myself. Your alma mater. Well, you didn't play lacrosse there. No, a graduate. Oh, you, graduate. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Graduate of, of Hofstra Barely. University. No, <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So it is interesting in the last year of the Coliseum, there continues to be these little nuggets of, of Long Islandness in the opposing Long team. Islandness. Well, Charlie McAvoy right. grew up in Long Beach, played, sure. you know, played down there, grew up a right. Ranger fan, this and that. You yeah. know, the, the Penguins' history with the Islanders at the Nassau Coliseum in the first round, even if you wanted to take it a step further and um, – Zach Austin Reese was born in Staten Island, so okay. not okay. too far away, or from Staten Island, not too far away from Long Island and, yeah. and the area. So it's certainly there's certainly all these little interesting tidbits with the with the last year of the Coliseum, and that I found kind of interesting that it's just another one of those you know nuggets to to kind of enjoy, I guess you could say. Sure, sure. So so Christian, now is the time where I'm going to plug this great establishment that we're in right oh, now. Great. Maybe you can scour the, uh, the chat over on Twitch, see if we have any audience questions, and if we don't, maybe we can just make some up. So, folks, everybody that's here knows that R.J. Daniels is the place to be to watch Islander hockey, but we're letting everybody know on the podcast over at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. You can come on down for all games with great drink specials and food specials. You got $5 16-ounce Barn Rocker Ales, $14 Bud Light Pitchers, $17 Domestic Buckets, $4 Domestic Bottles or Pints. Like I said, plenty of food specials. Head down for Islander games at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. From pregame until the final horn, you can enjoy all those specials and have a great time at this very fine establishment, R.J. Daniels. With that, Christian, what do you got for me? Oh, wait, 279A. That's right. I don't think it's 279. Is it 279? It's 279A, sir. All right. Whatever. (laughs) So, you got something for me? No, there are no questions. No questions. No questions. Nope. All right. Yep. All right, fine. The train rolls on. Yep. Well, let's see. We talked about Although the... Although Joe McGrath did say Cassidy was successful in deflecting attention away from their penalty killers, which I think is fair. 
okay. game, yeah, when sure. you're talking about gamesmanship, taking the attention, okay. a, a good coach doing the right thing, trying to deflect the, the negative criticism that their guys were going to take. Okay, that's fair. And turn it into this, this sideshow circus where... You know the, the whole Saints moniker came. Yeah, came I suppose some of it might so just be about protecting your that players. Makes sense to me. Yeah, that, that I get. I get. Like I said, I don't believe right. it's he a, also got a little sensitive about Bergeron. Well, but again, stuff. again, protecting your players. Right. It's, it's exactly. What you got to do. So right. I understand that from coming from a head. Coach. And I think you got somewhat of an answer on the Cappy Ham Capicola. I don't know. What that, I mean, I guess just Cappy is short for Capicola. I still don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. Gaba Guba Go from the Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I so. Know. I don't know. You know, I never really watched that show. Maybe the first couple episodes, and then I fell off. No, you neither. No, I'm yeah, not. I, I know. I know that's sacrilege. I, I know that's like I don't to I many the greatest show in the history of shows ever. But uh, I, 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 I didn't really get uh, enough into it. I have to say, I have to say. So, all right, let's get to predictions, Christian. Let's hear where you think this series is going to go. Well, I've said it a number of times now publicly, so I guess I'll forego my usual stubbornness and not making a prediction on the program and I will say I did predict the Islanders to win this in seven wow I think this will be a seven game series okay I think it'll be hard fought I think it will be one that will be very entertaining for, for everybody who's watching and uh, as Barry said in the in last round when he was talking about the Bruins and the Islanders this is a series that if, if he wasn't coaching he'd want to watch so right um, I, I think at the end of the day it's it's the all these games are going to be close the Islanders played them really tight last year right and I think I think we have another of that another round of that coming this year and I think the Islanders though they've learned from their mistakes and you can tell that they're much more hungry as, as you were kind of alluding to or Brian was alluding to when he was on with us that this just seems like a hungrier team this year because of their experience last year and their their knowledge of what their battle it took to get to that point in the, in the season and just coming up short. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that plays a role. You know, since Tampa Bay already did it, they already put their heart and soul into winning a cup last year. Now, obviously, I mean, they'll tell. I don't think. That's I mean, obviously, they're going to tell you that they're just as much into it this year as they were last year, and I'm yeah. sure that's true. Yeah. But but you know, you they're going to sit here and say they're not into it this year. I, I'm literally not saying that. What I'm trying to say is is that the Islanders, like you had just yeah. said, might be just a little bit more hungry because they fell short last year. Right. Because they're, they're going to have that determination to go all the way this time. Yeah. And again, this is this is not literally, you know, coming out of these guys' mouths. Like Tampa's like, yeah, you know, we won last year. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We're going to pack it in. Oh, no, maybe. I'm talking well, about the Well, I mean, the you fact just, just accused the Boston Bruins of doing that earlier in the show, so I don't know. I think I think you're you're really trying to twist my words here. <laughs> I, I do. And I think you're having a good oh, time doing it. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right. Absolutely right. So, so anyway. So are you picking the Islanders in seven? Is this where this nonsense is <laughs> That is where I'm trying to go. Yeah, if you would allow me, that's where I'm trying to go. So, uh, unfortunately, we hate to agree with each other, but I do happen do to, agree to agree with, each with you tonight. I'm going to say Isles in seven. I said Isles in seven last series against Boston. I know, you were about a game off. I, and I was happy to be. Isles in six was just fine. And well, it kept, I'll, it I'll kept take with that. The, uh, the, the sort of streak that was going in the first round as well, so... Right. No, let's do it again. Let's 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 set up a, a potential game six victory at the Nassau Coliseum. I would love that. And then we can all talk about going to the Stanley Cup Finals. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we still have game one today. And I do see a question. Yes, now. I did. Easy bikes. Uh, oh, Eski bikes. key. Ease key bikes. bikes. Yes. Do you see a potential game seven bringing Islanders domination like game six versus Boston? Question mark. Question mark, right, that ends the question? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, listen, if they have to go back into Tampa for Game 7, would I love to see some domination? Absolutely. 
<laughs> but do I think that's going to happen? No, I think that's, I mean, that's just going to be a much tougher, you know, go. And yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons, they're not going to be home. They're not going to have the changes. They're not going to have the crowd behind them. Yeah. But I do think that they can grind out a victory down there. And I mean, obviously, that's what Christian and I are, are predicting right now, that it's going to go to that seventh game. And yeah. we think that the Islanders are going to come out on top. But no, I mean, I would be, I would be shocked if we see, you know, a repeat of, of some kind of dominating performance. But hey, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Score, <laughs> score three straight power play goals in the second period and, and go into the third up by three. Sure. Do it. Oh, and by the way, it was game six, those penalties. Oh, I was right. Yeah, you were, because uh, the Islanders were up one nothing off his Ajax goal. Nope. They almost killed off the, you know, the, the both both of the penalties. Did you look it up? How did you figure this no, out? No, my brain just went back oh. and, and thought about it. Sometimes oh, it takes good. a little time. Took about a half hour. Yeah, but I got there. I got there. It was game six. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think game seven is going to be, we're all going to have heart attacks if it gets there. We're all, we're all going to be very stressed. I'm going to be shaking. And uh, look, we're just going to hope for you know the right result this time. But I think they can do it. I really do. And I think I think with that we can start closing this thing up. We can start saying our thank yous, and uh, we can get people ready for Game One against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, and do I, you think the Islanders win Game One? Do I think the Islanders win Game One? You know what? Sure, they're going to win Game One. Why not? Why not? Well, look. Like we said, they're not going to get blown out 8-2. to two. They're actually, I think they're going to be on some equal footing today. Watch them get blown out 8-2. to two. You know, I would rather not watch them do that. I would rather not watch them do that. Do you think they're going to win game one? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't make predictions on games. You asked me. I, I'm throwing it back to you, pal. Yeah, you make predictions. I. You just made one before. You said seven games. And, and East Key Bikes was happy with our response. Yeah. Six games it is, though. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the positive energy that I like to see out of the Islander fan base. Do I think they win game one today? I, I do. You do? I do think Christian Arnold, ladies and gentlemen, is on board. I'm panda. He's predicting. Okay. He's panda. He's predicting a game one victory for the New York Islanders, and I hope he's right. And I'm gonna cue the music right here. But you know what that means? They win game one. They'll lose game two, three. They'll win game four, Stop it. five, and six. And six. Fine. Oh wait, seven games. I need one more loss in there. Right? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe so they'll just switch one, five. Switch one loss for a <laughs> win for a loss, and then we're good. All right. Well, you know what? Before we wrap up, I want to remind everybody that we got a 50-50 raffle going on today. Oh, that's that's going right. to go towards Hockey Fights Cancer. You can see us today. All the proceeds will go towards Hockey Fights Cancer. We also got a fantastic LG 50-inch 4K TV, courtesy of Home Appliance in Oceanside on Long Beach Road. A big thanks to them yes. for supplying the television. That's going to be one of our grand prizes here with the 50-50. We also have these magnificent Hockey Night in New York t-shirts. Not only are they going to be given away as prizes, but they are also available available for sale for $20. And of course, these beautiful Hockey Night in New York hats, they will be for sale for $25 as well. Just come see us. Yes. And we will ha be happy to sell them to you. We also have stickers and magnets as giveaways. All you got to do is step right up to the Owen Wilson merch table. Say, well, how? And we'll give you a free sticker, a free magnet, and, uh, you know, maybe a handshake and a how back. And no. also, well, no, Christian's not because he's not a fun person. But we're going to be going around with the tickets. It's $5 for three tickets, $10 for seven tickets, $20 for 15 tickets. And all of those tickets will go through, go towards every prize we announce here. You, we're going to announce all the prizes at the intermissions, the first, second, and after the game. That's when we'll do the 50-50 and 
the television grand prize. So, well, if the television's gone. It's because I drove away with it in my car. Yeah, if Christian leaves early, that means there's a television in his trunk. So, <laughs> keep an eye on him. Don't let him get away. We want to send a huge thanks to Brian Compton from NHL.com for joining us on the line. Brought well, not to you by a huge thanks. I'm gonna give Thank him a huge you. thanks. You can give him a modest thanks if you want. Also, big thanks to our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great service, and great people. And make sure you check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. Also, a huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at thaitechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. That is three free months of service. And, of course, a big thanks to our new sponsor, Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code HockeyNightNY at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com with promo code HockeyNightNY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And, of course, a huge thanks to all of you here at RJ Daniels for coming down. We're getting close to puck drop here. Hope you guys are having a good time. And, of course, a big thanks to viewers over at twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY and anybody listening at the podcast. And, folks, here at RJ Daniels, please make sure you take care of your servers. Tip them well. They're working hard for you. Make sure you show your appreciation. And, of course, a big thanks to everyone in Islander country for making this a very fun playoff run. Let's hope it continues. If you enjoy the show on the podcast, please raise Please rate, review, and subscribe. And, of course, tell your friends, spread the word. Follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY. RJ Daniels, how we doing? <laughs> Come on! Game one of the semifinals. Let's go. All right. All right. Let's go, Islanders. For Christian Arnold, I'm Sean Cuthbert. Have yourselves a great night. You ran out of music.